Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Brand new edition of the Winning Plays Podcast is back. Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston is here. And I don't know if this is an emergency podcast, Chris, but <laughs> uh, if you looked at the beginning of March, uh, it make a make a hot prediction about what was supposed Ooh. to be going on with the Celtics team right now. Grant Williams just not playing would be pretty low on that uh, on that list of uh, potential possibilities, I'd say. Yeah, and I, I feel the emergency designation is correct because as soon as you texted and, and normally you'll be like, hey, can you just jump on the pod? But it was like, can we talk about Grant Williams? And uh, yeah, it's it, it's crazy that that's the biggest story in Celtics land right now. But it is unique. First time in two years. he's He's got a DNP. Um the thing I want to throw it throw at you to get the conversation rolling is so Missoula initially tried to like brush it aside and said matchups. And then I don't think his follow-up answer was any better. No. Uh, I mean, can, is it just like Grant has not been particularly crisp for a couple of weeks now. He had a really bad February. I mean, is that just the bottom line that maybe they're trying to spark him a little bit with this? Or do you buy Missoula's suggestion that they wanted more offensive spacing by benching the guy who shoots like 45% from the corner. <laughs> it's so true. So that this is like, uh, you know, for writing last night at Mass Live and this morning in progress for this, I I poked around. I mean, like, I, I, I just wanted to look at, you know, look at Grant closely because I feel like, you know, he's falling through the cracks, but it's just like, yeah, I know Grant's going to play for 20 minutes. Of it. But then we did have that. We had that six minute game in Indy and that was like, yep. hmm. But, but Sam Hauser really had it going in that game and they were, um, so you could explain that away being like, oh, that's a one-time thing, you know, and they have size too. miles. Turner, have, like, so right. Exactly. Like, right. If you're, like, if you you're worried can... about a size is an issue. Okay. I'll buy that. Right. But now this is like, okay, this is, uh, something that they're clearly tinkering with. And I think, you know, first of all, just he's stunk in February. I realized mm-hmm. how bad he was 33% from the field, 32% from three. Oof. Um, the, the on off stuff was not great. Did you uh, see that? Like they were the Celtics were plus fifteen point five in non-grant minutes for a net rating, and like zero point five in his minutes. Like that's a that's a that's swing from best team in the NBA to the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, it's it's quite the quite the swing. Yeah. So there is a. I do believe that experimentation is a part of this in terms of figuring out what you have with Scala, figuring out who we can play with. Um, figuring out if he can play it all in the postseason, I think is going to be, sure. you know, part of the, uh, the trial and error right now. With that said, um, this is a, 
situation where there are Grant when he is not hitting shots or just isn't reliable offensively. If that is your strength as a team and you have alternatives, then like this is a consideration I didn't expect him to make, but I don't, I guess it does make sense to like, see what it looks like. I don't know. Yeah. I, and I'm okay with it. If, if, if it's sort of like, Hey Grant, and I, you know, I'd be interested to know if they went to him and said like, Hey, you might not play tonight. Like, are you open and honest like that? Or is this more like, all right, dude, you've just not been good. So we're going to send a little message with it. Um, I'll say this too. Like, I think it, it bears mentioning up, up high in our conversation here. Like Grant was one of the first dudes off the bench cheering and supporting Hauser. Oh, yeah. And like, I think that's important too, because, you know, sometimes I look over at Peyton Pritchard and I see him like biting his nails and, and like sipping his coffee. And I'm like, ah, oh, I feel bad for the guy, but you know, more often than not, that's not fair to Peyton too. Like he's, he's been a good teammate. Um, but there's two ways you can approach that downturn in minutes. You can be like pissed about it and sulk a little bit, or you can just sort of, um, be a good teammate and hope that you get your opportunity again soon. So credit to Grant for, for being out there. Um, and we'll see, like, it's just, you know, I wouldn't, I, I, by, by the same token, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets thrown in there for 30 minutes in the next time out and just to see if he, if he learned anything, but I just don't love that Missoula kind of the way that he explained it away. And I just like, if you're, if, if you're, if you are just experimenting just say it, just be like, you know what? Like we just got the Muscala. We're trying to figure out if we can play them. And, you know, sometimes that's going to bite into Grant's minutes. And that's why for two of the last three games, he just hasn't been a big part of this rotation to say it was matchup. So I went back to that first, you know, so Grant was suspended for the first Cleveland game for the the ref bump. The I second one, the Mobley and Allen were like two of three shooting against him. But I think the, the Cavs were four of 12 overall based on the NBA's tracking. That's like not an egregious number. Um, you know, shoot 33% shooting against you is pretty good when you're, you're undersized for that match, but he's actually very good against Donovan Mitchell based on the tracking. So I don't think it was necessarily matchups, although I get it. Like you don't want an undersized guy out there against their size. The, the other part of it though, was that like, oh, we wanted the, you know, we didn't want to, we didn't want to switch and we wanted floor spacing. I mean, did you look at the numbers for Muscala and Hauser in the <laughs> primary lineup? They were one of eight from three in that group. So um, it didn't work if it if if that's the the question. I do think like Muscala held up better than I thought he would, and they certainly tried to target him and Hauser. And maybe I I guess I I fall back to what you said. I think ultimately it had to be like, can this work in the playoffs? And like, let's just get a look at it against a legit playoff caliber opponent and judge it. And the side benefit is maybe Grant comes back with a a little motivation. Yeah, it's there's no doubt in my mind at least. Like, I mean he. Even with Grant not playing, Muscala only played 11 minutes. Hauser played nine minutes. You still play. I mean, Rob and Al were amazing in this game. Yeah. So there's by no, like, by no means are you saying they should have played them like they needed them in this game for a lot of it. But at the same time, like those, you want the bench playing more right now anyway when you have a, a service of and Grant Williams. Like there's, there is space for Grant and Muscala to play more minutes when if Rob is playing 25 minutes and Al is playing 28 minutes. So um yeah the that i don't expect to be a a long-term thing but i don't know maybe it's this is joe mazula tightening things tightening things up right now with his rotation and being like who who how are we going to make this you know make sense in these last 20 games yeah and i think the other thing is i start looking ahead at the schedule and there's going to be a bunch of you know back-to-backs looming i think four more and so al's not going to play the second night so there's going to be opportunity for all these guys to play and kind of find their way but to me, I I look at it, 
two ways looking at looking at Muscala trying to figure out how this works and look part of bringing him in is you just you got the ability to go bigger more often and Hauser's been so good he's going to play so uh those three got to sort of state their case over the final 20 I don't think it's the worst thing for all those guys to have some motivation to to show what they can do it's just jarring because it's Grant who we just sort of have come to think of as one of the primary bench guys. And, you know, one of the guys you think about how good he was in the playoffs last year with defending Durant and defending Giannis and the game seven against the Bucks, And he wasn't great in the finals, but no one was. And so uh, it's just a little bit jarring that it's, it's, it's him kind of falling in. And yet you look at the play over the last more than a month, really. Uh, and it just hasn't been on the level. Like, does Grant just need to get back to to basics here? He's sometimes it does feel like he's been trying to do a little too much, show like he can attack closeouts now, and that's been you know either turnovers or poor shooting. I mean, obviously shooting thirty two percent or thirty three percent for the month uh, is indicative of that. Does he just need to go back to the corner office, go back to defending? Is this is this a reminder of like you know how Grant Williams made his uh made his name and 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 well should have be should be making his money. Yeah, with with everyone back healthy, that honestly might be the the simplest thing or the easiest way for him to get, you know, to resecure that spot. Um, the turnover, like he's clearly trying to do more. If he's like trying to add to his game, it's a contract year. Like some of it has worked. I feel like the dribble drive stuff has been uh, a nice welcome addition. Um, but there are, you know, there's been a lot of ugly turnovers in the last month, and I think he's been not the biggest culprit there, but there's certainly ones mm-hmm. where you're like, what the heck is going on here? So um, that is, you know, making that, finding that balance for him is probably going to be the the biggest challenge right now as he um, tries to, you know, reestablish himself in here. But it is, is a situation where the, like, I don't even know, is this a good sign that they're like, I guess this is what happens mm-hmm. when you make a trade though. Like, but at this point, it's like, if you're a title contender right now and you're trying to like, you know, put the finishing touch on thing. Is this something, I don't know if this is like concerned that you're actually like making, considering making this big one doesn't, but it is at the same time. It's like, I have to, it's just one game. Like, yeah, you can back yeah. Out there and, and everything and, should be fine. And that's, and that's, I guess what I'm, where I'm at. Like, I, I know we, we are prisoners of the moment and we always sort of, and it's like our job to overreact to, to one game. And I do think it's just as likely again, that we've seen this time and time again, where we, we, we got guy gets a DMP. We sit here and freak out for 24 hours and then he plays a ton of minutes the next time out and usually plays good. Um, I do think it's very, you know, we keep saying, I, or at least I keep saying that Joe Mazzula is very Brad like, and one of the things Brad very often did was even late in the seasons, keep tinkering with lineups, trying to figure out like what works. And I'm not opposed to that if it doesn't come at the expense of winning. Um, I mean, the finish of that game last night was less than desirable, and you really should have. Hey, shouldn't the have clutch, another death. clutch win. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just stacking them up. Uh, but yeah, so if, if if it ultimately comes down to, but again, this is why I think you need to be honest about like what, and I get that Joe doesn't want to get into the minutia and like open up that can of worms, and maybe it would have made it worse to to I don't know, and I don't know how though. Uh, I think it's 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 better to be transparent in these instances and just be like, look, we got a new piece. We're trying to figure it out. Like we need to know who we can lean on. Grant hasn't been up to his his, his standard over the last month. And we're just trying to get a look at what it's like to go bigger with the bench. And um, I think that, you know, and I, I say that, and yet I assume that's the the honest conversations they're having behind the scenes. Um, it would just probably help protect Grant on the more forward facing and stop me from screaming on TV about, you know, oh my God, is this a sign of that they don't trust them? I mean, the bigger story here though is, I mean, Grant's whole season as a whole has been about 
betting on himself and yeah. the big contract. <laughs> and I, I know both of us were kind of leery about where, where was that money coming from even before this downturn? Where do you think he's at now in terms of like his whole free, I mean, do you think there's regret at all? Like, cause pretty sure the Celtics offered some pretty hefty money. I'm not sure he's going to get close to that based on these returns. Yeah. I mean, I think the Celtics probably got close to, I imagine like 50 million, um, that's over four years yep. from what I've heard. Um, Grant, and he, he, he talked openly about this. He, you know, kind of saw himself as a higher caliber player than your Larry Nances and Maxi Klebers of the world, um, which may end up being true based on durability and his age. Um, but at the same time, the restricted free agent market is not a friendly market for players like him. No. And now with, yeah, there's no question now where you look at how things are trending for you from a playing time standpoint, like who and, and the playoffs can change all this if if the Celtics mm-hmm, win us. But even, sure. then, even then, it's still like who is who is the team that's going to spend $15 million a year on a guy who was in and out of the rotation at the end of a, a season for a contender. It's like that. That's just a it's a maybe there is a big Grant Williams team fan out there but it's it's hard to imagine that I, I just don't see it happening and so now your leverage standpoint bring Muscala in for the Celtics gives them I think yeah. even more leverage for negotiations this offseason being like you know it probably is not going to destroy us if you walk um right if you have somewhere to walk to in the first place so that's um yeah it's a it's a it it's looking like a bad gamble for him right now Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like, I, I think you get to the table and maybe even your starting point is still the number you were talking about, but the Celtics now have the leverage to say like, Hey, you know, until you bring us something, we could just bring you back on the QO. And yep. so does Grant bet on himself again? And now you're sacrificing probably, you know, what's it? I don't even know what his number is for next year. Four, seven or four, eight. Yeah. It's yeah. gotta be not that great for his draft position. I think. So, you know, you're talking about you're, you're losing upwards of eight, and a half million over what you could have signed for in year one. And now you're going to try and make that up on the back end. And maybe you can, but just like you said, though, even on a unrestricted free agent market, I'm not sure that the uh, deals for, for, for that type of player are bountiful until you prove yourself on that PJ Tucker level where you're like every contender needs a guy like that. But even then I'm thinking, even he doesn't get more, much more than mid-level. Right. And like, so right? You're, you're talking mid-level money. So um ultimately all i think this is is doing and again so much will be judged like we so much of money comes down to how you play in the playoffs and but i do think one of the concerns for grant has to be if you start looking at how things are shaking out well cleveland might be a playoff team that's a team that they clearly you know maybe don't love the idea of him being undersized against so what happens if you get a first round opponent that has some size like what if it i don't don't even know you know like the knicks he played a bunch but um so what happens if, if there's teams out there that they're not comfortable with him playing against? And, you know, I, I don't know. So I just, I, it, it is a gamble that, that, that doesn't look great for him right now, but there's a lot of time to to salvage that. Um, the key for me is like, how does he respond? And I think Grant 
while ambitious in this process and, and betting on himself does sort of have a good view of like his place in the league and, and, and what, um, what it takes to be successful. So I'd be very surprised if it doesn't offer a little motivation for him to bounce back. Yeah. And that, and that is probably the biggest, and you brought it up just him on the band, like just being a cheerleader for everyone. Like he's, he's everyone's, you know, biggest advocate on that team right now, as far as, you know, whether you're a star or whether you're, you know, Luke Cornett, um, who has been slots in the shuffle here as well. We haven't even talked about him, but just I mean, I mean, and it really guy. is crazy how the Muscala addition has just thrown this this uh, the rotation into complete flux. I mean, even like Hauser emerging at the same time as Muscala shows up, it's just sort of added a wrinkle to everything. And uh, I guess it's a good thing when you have to try to figure out what your best bench lineups are. That's a good sign for your depth. Certainly some, a problem they didn't have a year ago when they didn't trust going beyond grant and the eighth slot of, of the bench. So uh, yeah, I'm okay with a, a little bit of experimentation. The, I guess the flip side of it would be, you know, this is the part where they launched last year and really like even earlier um, this is when you kind of want to know what you're, what you're leaning on and who you're leaning on. And you're only going to get so many more looks at the everybody healthy and and the rotation out of that because of those back-to-backs that loom. Uh, so I hope that if this is a figuring out process, that it's a quick figuring it out process because, uh, you know, the bucks aren't losing and you've got to figure out how to kind of get your mojo back. Yeah. It's, I mean, what are they at 16 in a row now? Like what are they 16 in a row for, for Milwaukee. And like, look, the, the, the flip side of the argument is like your biggest rival had to win 16 wins in a row just to get slide ahead of you by percentage points. And yet, you know, I do think that matters. And if you had your druthers, you'd rather see uh, Philadelphia and and Milwaukee beat up on themselves in the second round. So it's going to be a storyline that will linger throughout the year. And especially March 30th, when we go back up there and uh, that big showdown, Uh, I think the bigger thing is like, no, I know this is the Grant episode, but just no, like we're, in we're, general, we're done with Grant. <laughs> all right. Well, in general, how are you feeling about this team? Like, I I guess the thing that's been gnawing at me a little bit is I just don't feel like, and they had stretches last night where we saw it, like they can turn it up when they need to. I just feel like they, for the better part of like this entire new year, so since January 1-ish, just haven't had that swagger, you know, like that sort of mo- the, the mojo that we saw at the start of the year. And part of that was they just were making everything and the offense was historic. But I need them to kind of, as, as the Bucks turn it up, kind of waiting for the Celtics to do the same. And I think the good news on that front was the third quarter last night yeah. with that starting five this year, altogether healthy, really hadn't shown anything that excited you, except, and then, but then, that quarter was like, okay, this is it. This is when everything comes together here and it's a new year. So you, you, everyone defaults to like, yeah, of course that, that lineup was dominant last year. Of course Mm -hmm. we dominant this year, new coach, new, you know, adjustments, not a new system really, but like some tweaks and definitely a more offensively minded group where the, there's plenty of time for that group to, you know, regain some of their chemistry but we hadn't seen much of that yet. So the fact that they were able to do that against an elite opponent like Cleveland, um, I think was a really good sign. And the, I mean, are you, are you fully, would you, did you have any doubts about that group after? No. But just like you sort of phrased it, I'm sort of leaning on last year and saying, well, they were great last year. They were great in the playoffs. I So I, I was never worried about them needing minutes to sort of, 
remember how they could be. But that, I mean, then you watch it and you say, okay, maybe not. Maybe they do need some time to just be reacclimated and, and figure out how this goes. And you played one way for the start of the year where you had five out. And now you got Rob and you got to kind of figure out how that works. Um, ultimately, if Tatum plays like he did in the third quarter and that, yeah. like, <laughs> and if, if Horford doesn't miss and Rob's dunking everything and looking springier again, then you'll be fine. Um, but it's still weird that like they had that really good quarter and they're still, I think plus two for the night. And so they're still figuring it out. And I I don't have a lot of concern about that. Um, ironically, I was excited that they were going to close with Derek white in that group. And then Derek white gets dinged and has to ask out of the game. And I'm like, man, isn't that the way it is where you finally want to see if that closing lineup might work. And, uh, you don't even get a glimpse of that. That is I mean, that's the subplot we're going to be looking at, just those closing groups for the rest of the way here. The We have to hit, we, we touched on a little bit earlier, the the collapse, the, the 20 point, 15 point collapse in the last three minutes epidemic did has not gone you, away for this did, group. Did you see the uh, the spread of, of the game? No. Four and a half. And uh, <laughs> the last three got it to four. So, uh, you know, it was laughing. I, I, I haven't been, I won't say that I was, uh, uh, very entrenched in the gambling side of things, but now, you know, as, as it comes to Boston and kind of keeping an eye on that stuff, I, I mean, I've heard people say bad beats before, but you know, I was sitting there on our broadcast screaming, Oh yeah, four and a half. They're going to turn it up in the second half and here they go. And I felt pretty good when they went up 20, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I mean, is that just Tatum trying to get his assist? Was that like, it's like, you could look at all these factors in terms of what led into that, but it's especially against that Cleveland team, that Cleveland team, no matter what, like there's no game that's over against them no. because they they can close any kind of gap in a hurry, and they've done so like twice already at the Garden this year. Have we ever seen a team successfully kneel out the clock for two minutes in an <laughs> NBA game? Like it has never worked in the history. And yeah, I mean, I don't know some of this. It's because, of course, my network we love screaming and yelling about like the minutia, and so some people have been very upset. The Tatum tried for forty last week or whatever game that was, where he was kind of stuck on thirty eight. Uh, probably before the break at this point. Yeah, it's a Pistons and, game, I think. Yeah, exactly. And playing till like a minute 53 left before Joe finally said, okay, come on out. And yet we post these numbers all the time about like, oh, ninth 40-point game of the year and the record is 11. And so, you know, okay, like these things do matter. And it, every little bit helps your case and gives you a little bit more ammunition for all NBA or MVP or whatever you're you're seeking. Um, but yeah, I was it was frustrating that because – the the one that I always revert to is that stupid Rondo double digit assist streak that was oh, like yeah. oh, so yeah. egregious. Like Doc just gave him the freedom to chase assist, and it got it, like extremely frustrating to watch at times. And it's like, come on, this isn't the spirit of the game. And so, uh, if if your focus is genuinely on trying to find the right lineups and all that, understandable. But let, let's cool it on the uh, you know stat chasing and all that. As, isn't Jokic the poster child for? Like just do what you do, and everything kind of falls into place. It is that's the and how come they can't hold a twenty point lead? Dude? I don't know. Like, it's listen, that's and the, we're gonna pray mass live at some point. We're gonna be doing a deep dive into the uh, their clutch stats and how many of these like clutch wins are actually clutch are real wins. clutch wins. I, 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 I'm like we've we've had enough now where people keep throwing out that record. I'm like, all right, I have to like actually look at what Ooh, it, this really is. Expose coming. We'll, we'll see. You know, so it, it, and it is funny. Although I will say I got really worked up about the clutch numbers last year. Cause they were really bad. And uh, you know, I, I, I was doing like deep dives on does 
regular season clutchness matter in the playoffs? And ultimately the answer was no, that mm-hmm. there was no correlation through history, which actually surprised me. You just think if you were good over the course of 82 games that it would translate, but no, it's just like, you're either clutch or you're not like you either have that in you to withstand and the experience or whatever on that playoff stage. So uh, by the same token, I don't get too worked up about like how good they've been in the clutch because you got to show it in the playoffs and they did last year, but that's no guarantee you do it this year. So uh, I don't know if we can answer that argument until you get punched in the face in the playoffs and you, uh, you gotta, you gotta grind it out. Well, I can tell you why your numbers didn't translate to the playoffs because the regular season clutch numbers, a lot of them are just, fake yeah they are 20 point leads they go to five point leads so i feel like this is this is a category that might be simply like eye test based more than anything Ooh. else i mean like you need to like so you, what does your eye test tell you this year are the Celtics my t- is like up in the air i think they're better than last year in true. general from like when a true clutch like you know two-point game like they obviously had some really impressive like the the lakers situation out there um they've had a few games where they were able to separate in tight games um Late, but they've also had a bunch of ugly losses. Um, I mean, Toronto, I think, is another really one good one out there. Yeah. Um, when they were shorthanded, but then you also have a few rough ones, which again, some of them came with shorthanded personnel, yeah. so you can't really how much you play into that. But it's I think five, they're getting... what five of their nine crunch losses are overtime, right? Right. Like, so that's you know, exactly. some of those, and those games were all weird. The the shorthanded in Milwaukee, the two games against Cleveland without Rob. And yet, you know, I could probably dismiss half of their wins too, because like you said, they're just, they're, they either just fumbled it where it got to the hit the clutch criteria or they just, you know, they were up seven and got close for two minutes or a minute out of that stretch to bring the conversation full circle. Do you know who, like, I think the fourth most clutch minutes has played this season in the NBA? And no, just on the Celtics. Oh, on the Celtics. Ooh, fourth most. Uh, you, you know Grant, who the first Grant. two are, Jason and Jalen. Grant. Grant, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to bring the podcast full circle. Like it's it's so Perfect. weird to me that one of the, the the most leaned on guys in clutch situations and now he can't even get on the floor in games. The NBA seasons are weird. And uh, what I what I really appreciate is that despite his uh his uh, uh his his desire not to talk about it, uh Joe Missoula has given us content to get through this sleepy Thursday. Thank you, <laughs> in Joe. March. Place it up. All right. Make sure you are following Chris at NBC Sports Boston Celtics Talk Podcast, Celtics Pre and Post Game Live on the website as well. He is everywhere these days, and we appreciate him hopping on as always here. And we'll see you back against the Brooklyn Nets on Friday night. And I, I, here's a hot take right now. Ooh. Brooklyn Nets not even making the playoffs at this point. Like they're, they lose the playing game. But that means the Celtics are going to struggle against them because they always play that's down. True. To, that's true. That's a so good point. All those long wings. I'm already. I'm already ready to be panic mode about the Celtics playing bad against the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> as a potential as a potential play-in winner versus you know first round matchup. We the the Nets will never be far from uh, annoying us in some way or form. Well, the booze will be a little <laughs> bit quieter for at least one night until the uh, they fall down by twenty. Um, all right, make sure you you check out Chris on pre and post game line for that game and. We'll be back with you guys next week here on the Winning Place Pod.